0: And you're wondering where I get my ideas. A lot of people ask that. Really? Well, it's simple. Duncan MacLeod is real. For 400 years, the name's been popping up in legends all over the world. Scotland, Italy, Turkey. Turkey, imagine that. Always the same story. A warrior comes down from the highlands, fighting battles, protecting the weak. Always Duncan MacLeod. It used to drive me crazy. And then I finally figured it out. I know the
1: truth. What is the truth?
0: What does man need most? Besides that, heroes. And if there aren't any, he creates them. Duncan MacLeod exists because we want him to exist. We need him to exist. So you don't actually think it's the same guy? Are you nuts? You'd have to be immortal. <laughs>
2: Muscles, hard as hills, eyes like potatoes. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith.
0: This is Kyle. This is Amen. Eyes Like Potatoes. What does that mean? That doesn't sound like a compliment. No, it doesn't. Eyes wide potatoes. Eyes wide <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Kubrick. That's right. Last film.
2: Mm-mm. <laughs> That's right, (laughs) for Stanley Kubrick, perhaps the greatest director of the 20th century. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to Highlander Rewatch. This week we're going to be discussing Season 5, Episode 5, Dramatic License. Of course, before we hop into discussing that episode, we always like to revisit the Highlander catalog.
0: Don't take any dramatic license when you read this description. I want to know exactly what it says and none of your puffery. That's right. (laughs) Verbatim. So as
2: usual I'm going to read from one of the many Highlander catalogs. Kyle and Amen are going to try their best after I read a description to guess the price of said item without going well actually, I was about to change the rules without going over. That's not how we play this game. Just get close. Isn't yes, it? Just get close. That's just
1: it. get close.
2: Uh so I'm reading today out of the 1999 catalog. You guys ready? Yeah, and
0: we seem to have arrived at something of a gentleman's agreement that we don't just do $1 above or below each other. yeah, that's that. no fun. That is We've no we, we kind of stopped doing that. But.
2: And whoever gets the answer correct will not only win my respect for the rest of the episode, but also get to give their opinion first. Oh, thank God.
1: Champing <laughs> <laughs> at the bit.
2: That's right. Today we're going to be reading <laughs> product description 443C, Highlander Collector's Corner. Small but powerful, our collector's pins vividly commemorate the epic symbols and significant milestones of the Highlander legend. And so this is the description for the collector's pin display case. What there are there are eight different pins they offer on this page. However, and, are they sold separately? They are all sold separately. <laughs> this is just a case to put them in. Rather than put them on yourself like you would do with a pin (laughs) or a bag or wherever you put pins. Collector's Pin Display Case. The simple but classic jeweler's display case is ideal for carrying, because you carry them around, carrying and showcasing all your Highlander collector's pins. All of them. (laughs) All of them. All five or eight or whatever. Sleek, compact, and easy to pack. Ours features a shatter-and-scratch-resistant plastic display window that's shatter-resistant – I'd love to shatter this thing.
1: <laughs> I'd love to shatter yeah. this thing.
2: – that securely and safely snap-closes over an elegant blue velvet display pad. Oh, the main case David is Lynch. crafted yeah, of Lynch, yeah. sturdy black press board with a le- leather-like textured <laughs> <laughs> leather-like textured matte finish comes with a set of display fasteners
1: oh well at least they give you the fasteners that's
2: right at they least they go. do now there, there are two products there's 443c that's the display case but there's also 443 which is the display case with all the pins
0: Ooh. so you can
2: get everything together but i was just gonna let you guys guess the uh the display case i think that's worth it interesting so here here it is guys i'm gonna show you a picture oh, oh boy was, like, you can see the shatter resistance yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so you can see all the pins that are in it oh, right
1: not gonna shatter that yeah
2: <laughs> And so that's the case. There's literally nothing. It's a black box. It doesn't even say Highlander on it. Nope.
0: Usually it's just some bullshit product that just says Highlander. It's like, okay, this is nothing. This cuts out the pretext. Yeah. (laughs) Very good, hey, Amen. I think it's your turn to guess first. I'm gonna guess fourteen ninety eight. Fourteen ninety eight. All right. I'm gonna guess nineteen ninety eight. Kyle is the winner. Oh. Oh no. It's gonna be like forty bucks, Dead. isn't it? Twenty
2: nine ninety what? five. Ninety five. Uh. Bullshit. Why is it ninety
0: five and not ninety eight? I don't know. And not ninety nine. Why was it ninety eight the first? Time? <laughs> I know, right? That doesn't make any sense.
1: These prices are all, all over the map. All over the pin display case.
2: A little bonus round, because we'll never get to these pins, because there's hardly a description. So how about we do a little, a little quick lightning round here for the mm-hmm. pins, right? So there's a watcher pin, a collectible Highlander lapel pin, mm-hmm. a checkered flag pin, a race car pin, the clan collectible pin, a 100th episode collectors collectible pin, 10th anniversary lapel pin. How's that different? And the official celebration pin, which I own. I have that pin.
0: Ooh, yeah, right? The official celebration pin. Is this your equivalent to Eamon's DVD collection? Right, and that one does have a
2: description that says, The regal symbol of the convention, metal cast and finished in eight rich colors. Eight? I count three. <laughs> I legitimately count three. There's black. Oh, maybe there are eight. It doesn't look very colorful, though. It's, like, black and gray and blue. Yeah, oh, there are 50 mm. shades of that. Yeah, right? Mm. Of blue. Fucking. All right. Uh, and then the other one that has a description is the clan collectible pin, which is just, like, two McLeod swords and their, like, crest. It says, look closely. The detail is extraordinary. <laughs> right down to the intricate scroll work on the cross swords. Very collectible. Very collectible.
0: So what are we guessing right now? Um,
2: I, I just wanted to read them. Oh, I are guess. we gonna
0: guess the full eight? The Price. full Monty?
2: Oh yeah. Why don't you guess? Yeah, what you think? I'll show this from kind of far away. Those eight pins. You know what they look like. Yeah. What do you think the case with the eight pins might cost? The original was thirty dollars.
0: The the box was thirty.
2: The box was thirty. So yeah, I think outside the box include those pins. I'm gonna oh.
0: guess that you can get the whole kit and caboodle for one twenty.
2: Okay, one twenty.
0: Damn. I'm gonna guess one hundred and fifty.
1: Wow. Oh Celebrating Detective Pikachu. I'm gonna <laughs> guess. One hundred and
0: fifty. <laughs> not not one hundred and fifty-one. Little little Mew. Well, oh, he's a a secret character. No missing. No. No missing. No. Okay. Uh, I can't wait to see
2: that. Okay. Well, uh, Kyle wins at one hundred and twenty because Damn. this costs seventy-nine
0: ninety-five. Oh wow! You guys really Those went pins for the are sky. A steal. The, uh, most of the pins are six dollars. Oh. I thought they were each going to be at least 10 bucks. No, they're if not If they're $6, bad. why do you care enough to have a display case for them? Yeah, these are trash. <laughs> don't <need> to, <laughs> <laughs> these don't need to be yeah, protected. Right? Yeah, You
2: don't have to protect them. They're not, like, diamond-encrusted or... They're not, like, even made... Like, there's no mention of the metals they're made of. Mm-hmm. The the official celebration pin is the most expensive one. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's the second most expensive. That one's ten dollars. Ten whole dollars. Uh huh. Which they gave me for free. Ooh. And then the clan collectible pin is fifteen dollars. That's a lot guy. for a pin. That is a lot. For that, no thank you. But look at the extraordinary detail, and it's very collectible.
1: Very collectible. What does that mean?
2: That it's very collectible. That it's rare? I guess it means it's rare
1: whatever good job (laughs) kyle you won both rounds of that didn't you did you
2: not i did so you win my respect and you get to go first
1: good to go first
2: (laughs) we are here to talk about the dramatic license that's right let's get some dates and deets some drama season five episode five dramatic license first aired october 26 1996 this episode was directed by mr peter ellis this is our farewell to peter ellis His six of six episodes, Uh, he did in order The Fighter, one of my favorites actually, uh, Studies in Light, it's another good one, Unholy Alliance Part 1 and 2, and Manhunt. He also did episodes of Hercules, Lois and Clark, Queen of Swords, which was kind of the, like a weird sequel, not sequel to Highlander, but but same kind of production people, and a bunch more. And guess what? What? He's also dead. Oh. (laughs) He died in 2006. Wah, wah Dark, this episode was written by
1: Michael O'Mahony.
2: That's right. And his porn star wife, Sasha, Sasha Reigns. <laughs> Take the reins, baby. <laughs> Take the reins for Kitty oh, Up. This is their fourth of six episodes. They've always written their episodes together. Their episodes have been Chivalry, Methuselah's Gift, and Till Death. Uh, he also wrote 21 episodes. This one has
0: a very Till Death vibe to it. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: he wrote 21 Inspec- Inspec- 21 episodes of Inspector Gadget, which he yes. mentioned before. <laughs> How many Gadgetinis did he write? None. Uh, but I figured we'd read an IMDb episode description of one of his Gadget episodes, because that's always fun, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is from the episode Gadget and the Old Lace. The Old Lace? That's right. That's that the name of this episode. It's
1: creepy. Yes.
2: <laughs> the IMDb episode description reads gadget has ordered a new watch hmm that's it that's it I just, <laughs> wait what that's it that that was the description gadget has ordered a new watch great <laughs> yeah thank you how's an entire
1: I mean? episode of a children's television show about buying about a fighting watch
2: crime right that's it's not even the premise of the that's show like a robot who fights crime
1: yeah and this one he uh buys a watch <laughs>
2: My guess is maybe the watch is like a special high tech watch because doesn't his watch do like things?
1: I guess. Can maybe Doctor Claw puts it. a bomb in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doctor Claw, who now goes by the name <laughs> Barry. George. Oh wait, is yeah. it George or Harry? It was George.
2: Something like that.
0: Let's talk guest
2: stars. This episode guest stars Alistair Duncan as Terrence Coventry. Alistair Duncan was actually originally supposed to play the lead in this series. Uh, I had a little theory that that's maybe where they got the name Duncan from. It was just his name. Yeah, it was just his name and they liked it. But yeah, I think he was kind of the front runner initially when they were developing the series. He's been on a ton of guest spots on shows from Xena, Hercules, Murder, She Wrote, NCIS, Babylon 5, lots of video game work. Uh, He played Alfred on the Batman animated series. Not Batman the animated series, but... The Batman? The Batman, the one starring... uh, What's his name? From, like, the Drew Carey show. I don't know.
1: That's Batman Brave and the Bold.
2: You're right, it is. Mm-hmm. What's the Batman? That's it's the one the I Bat- never watched.
0: Man. That one yeah. was weird. Yeah. yeah. It had the weird song that ends with them going, The, the
2: Batman.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. Hmm. All I right. never watched that one. Cool. I saw a few episodes and didn't love it. The Joker was also a weird muscle Rastafarian guy. <laughs> I remember <laughs> yeah. that. I remember that. that. was yeah. yep. weird.
2: Yes. Uh, but I he also take on
0: the penguin, though. Mm. Uh, the
2: he, also, he also plays the Vulture on the new Spider-Man cartoon on Disney XD. Yeah. So how about that? This episode also guest stars comedian Sandra Bernard as Caroline Marsh. She was on Roseanne as Nancy Bartlett for like four seasons plus, you know, I think she came back for one episode of the new season. Uh, and she's been on, I don't know, tons of Letterman appearances, stand-up shit, Hudson Hawk I, main roles. I to write roles. that one down. Uh. Um, and of course, uh, this episode also stars Elizabeth Grayson as Amanda. Amanda. Ready for the IMDB episode description. Yeah, yeah. Caroline Marsh is a romance author whose latest book features the exploits of a hero named Duncan McLeod and a villain named Terence Coventry, the name of another immortal who Duncan knows. <laughs> <laughs> this what? That's nuts! This episode also has this character, which is the, the name, name of, of the, character. the character. Fuck. All right, and uh oh my god, and it's it's not done. The Name of another immortal who Duncan knows, and who Carolyn knows well. Oh. Ugh. As Caroline... Okay. Uh, or it's, it's, Carol, it's Caroline, right? Caroline... I think
1: it's Carolyn.
2: I thought it was Carolyn. Uh, as usual, I'm mispronouncing names. As Carolyn puts the moves on Duncan and tries to convince him to help promote the book, she gets into a catfight with Amanda. Meanwhile, there we go, Terrence is furious Hamilton's at Carolyn for Bradley. portraying him as a villain. There we go. Wow. Carolyn Mosh. Let's talk about this opening. I love it.
0: <laughs> yes, this uh, the opening of this episode is the best part of this episode. It is great. So
1: we're in like a, a fancy forest setting with mist and fancy leaves. Fancy
0: forest. And like a gazebo. Yeah.
2: I'd I, like to mention, I mentioned this gazebo before. This is when, in chivalry, remember when Max painting that woman? Yeah. Or the woman's painting Mac? No, Max is Mac painting? Mac is being painted, Max is dude. being painted. I'm Mac's sorry. painting? I'm like, Mac's what, painting?
1: What about Mac? Max makes... painting that woman. <laughs>
0: Paint me it's like, like body paint. Girls. Yeah.
2: Anyway, uh, I think I commented last season on that episode that I was like, I think this location comes back. I think this is the, the same
0: gazebo. Mm. How about that? Does that mean that Terrence Coventry told this author about the painter that was strangled by the woman in showing? <laughs> yeah. That's just in the background. That's just
2: a body in the lake. <laughs>
0: So anyway, so what happens here? He's just sitting there reading poetry to himself off of paper. Is that just like... Res- it looks like, like copy paper. Yeah, it really... <laughs> does like it straight up looks like it was pulled out of like a printer i don't know if he's trying to memorize it or what maybe this is during his acting days ah oh, that's right acting but acting. a woman comes screaming she's in distress what is wrong fair lass Mac is like trying to comfort her when Terrence Coventry shows up. Throughout the episode, is described as a mole, but looks more just like a giant open sore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it does. he's like got like a giant herpy on his face. Herpy. It does look like a herpy. <laughs> yeah, like One herpy. singular herpes.
1: One singular herpes. So he's trying to get up on this lady.
0: And Mac is, like, over the top of, like, oh, I will defend you, fair maiden, from this villain. As he's like, get back to my bedchamber, (laughs) wench.
2: Right, he's gross and terrible. So Mac defends this woman. There's a sword fight. This is a great sword fight, I thought. All the choreography, I thought, in this episode is very, like, staged. Like, it looks like this would be something that would be in the theater. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, they're big moves. Like, it, this reminds me of, like, the choreography that's in, like, The Princess Bride or something like that.
1: Yeah. Mm. That is a very Princess
0: Bride-y vibe. Right. Whereas some Give of the other, other choreographies, like,
2: it's more rough and tough. Like, it feels, like, a little more, I don't know, real. Yeah. This feels very choreographed,
0: which is great. At some point, he refers to him as a warthog. I was like, is this supposed to be, like, evoking <laughs> right. the... Because that's such an odd insult. Is he supposed to be evoking, like, the Boston Common scene in... Good question. ...the first movie? He does have that feeling
2: to him. Only
0: Connor true. is clearly the wrongdoer in that. That one right because yeah. uh, he's drunk and being an asshole whereas <laughs> mac is being some larger than life hero here
2: but this is great like uh, terrence gets a hit in on mac like he just cuts his shirt but it's it makes sure. his shirt like come open. open so he's like full-on romance novel you know model it's great is
0: that the plot of this episode oh that's oh, it i get shit. this you know?
2: i just thought this was like a goofy thing they did at the beginning of i the just episode. thought oh. this
0: was really <laughs> sexy yeah <laughs> yeah
1: Mac at one point throws his sword in the air, and it's up there for like 45 minutes.
2: <laughs> he, yeah. he throws it in the air, swings on a vine, vine. then does a backflip back and catches it. It's yeah. great. So then we get a little VO by Miss Sandra Bernhardt, and then some like purple mist rolls in. And we transition into like a bookstore and we're at like a reading. Ah,
0: this is a book. And Amanda is sitting there just like licking her chops. Like Amanda is hearing this and just getting thirstier and thirstier by the second. She's really into this story.
1: But uh, you can't hear the rest of the story unless you buy the book.
2: That's right. The crowd loves that. They're like, oh, we can't wait to buy it. She seems irritated. She's like, I don't want to buy this shit. I just want to hear about it now. Yeah. So people go up to get their autographs. Let's talk about this guy in a purple shirt with, like, uh, you know, used curtains as a vest. Yeah. This caricature of, is it her editor? Publisher? I'm not sure who. Her publicist, Publicist? I think. I think.
0: Okay.
1: He's Otho from Beetlejuice. Yes,
0: he, <laughs> he is. Otho. Yeah. He is. Which was their spirit guide slash interior designer. Yeah. I love that character yeah. so much. He's so bizarre. He's great. <laughs> He's great. Uh, Hey, guy they made that is
2: not a musical. As good as Otho. Oh,
1: I saw that. Yeah.
2: It's getting panned. I've heard it's awful. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. I know, right? Uh,
1: Beetlejuice musical. Is
2: Beetle, it Beetlejuice. musical? There is. Oh, I didn't know Wait, we've that. said it three times, guys. Uh oh. S- i was about to <laughs> say smoking <laughs> somebody stop me <laughs> it's showtime that'd be great if you said three times and the mask showed up oh god that would be the best shit ever uh so uh sandra bernhardt is an author named caroline marsh and this is her new romance novel the blade of the mcleods and, and there's, below, a big... there's
0: a poster that just yeah. has fucking
2: mcleod on yeah. it basically right.
0: which how does she know what he looks like
2: i didn't think it looked like him does
1: it it looks pretty close. Huh. Yeah, it looks like him. Not yeah. exactly, but pretty much it does. Yeah, how about that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. All yeah, right, so we that? cut to Max loft. Mac is having trouble fixing the sink. I guess he didn't really learn too much from the, the yeah, tap, sink. tap like experience like in my, the last episode.
1: My theory comes back that like they picked something from the previous episode.
2: Oh, right.
1: Because he's fixing a tap again. Yeah. The past returns.
2: The past <laughs> the returns. Past returns.
1: <laughs> the tap returns. Yeah.
2: Or is this like the thing they decided this season to have him do? We should track that. Because like in the pr- past season, like when he always have like groceries or the season <laughs> before yeah. that was always like he would pour himself a drink. Mm. It's like, oh my God, you've drank like eight times this episode. Yeah. So like this is the busy work thing. Like I just need a thing to do. So I'm going to fix stuff.
1: Mac restored a whole house. He knows how to fix a tap. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: right. Uh, so Amanda comes in. She's got like all these bags. Like she's been shopping. She's like, oh, I maxed out all my credit cards. And Mac makes a joke like, oh, you still got your library card or whatever. Will this come back later? You bet it will. Gosh.
1: Speaking of books,
2: that's right. Speaking of books, so Amanda reads. She's like, "Check this shit out!" And she starts reading him from the book. May I read a little bit for the listeners? Please do. Please do. All right, guys, give us your most dramatic reading. I know. Hope you guys, you know, don't get too hot here, hot and bothered. I mean, I'm already
0: hard, so. Okay. <laughs> there'll be no okay, difference. okay. It's like those muscles. Yeah, like, like hills. <laughs> Potato, Eyes, like, uh, baked potatoes, Hill overflowing with sour, sour cream, cream
2: dripping <laughs> with sour cream. This is gross. All right. As he strode into the room, she felt her knees weaken. The dark eyes that roved over her were the color of midnight, his muscles as hard as the Highland Hills that formed him. A mane of flowing hair to rival Lancelot's charger. This was the man her father had hired to protect her. This barbarian. This smoky-eyed Scott. This Duncan McLeod. At at which point the... The sink does a spit take. It literally does a spit take all over Mac. The sink's like... (laughs) This is really... I thought this was funny. Yeah,
1: this is good. Cut to Terrence Covington reading Coventry. on his sofa. Coventry, <laughs> reading on his sofa, getting pissed off.
2: Yep. You're this looks like the same house from sweatsuit. Blackmail. Yeah. Ah. I thought this looked like the house from Blackmail. I f- I've, for some reason, been doing weird location shit today. Shut up, Keith. No one
0: cares. <laughs> so, Coventry, two things. One, he's got this gorgeous house but still, like, walks around in a sweatsuit all the time. He has butlers, too. Yeah, yeah. with a butler <laughs> who's wearing a vest. He's got, like, a manservant. This guy is not just, like, a hand servant, He's, like, Find me this person, and he's like, right away, I want to find the editor of this book <laughs> and okay. the author whose name is on the cover. Well,
2: I guess he <laughs> needs the- you know right yes, and you know and then he rips the cover off and then tears it into tiny pieces, like it's a memo in the White House, but hey o oh.
0: and tried to eat it.
1: <laughs> so mac is like how the heck does this person know about me right and a man is like you told people before not some uh, romance novel right
0: and what? she's like well i get it like it's a little purple the prose i mean <laughs> what other thing might have been purple his, his dick why is the, di- Why's the dick purple i don't know blood that's flow. really weird blood flow what? If I had a purple dick, a... <laughs> I'd be con- I'd be concerned. Go to the
1: doctor. This is before Endgame came out. So, th- <laughs> is that when your dick turned purple? What's
0: the connection? Thanos, he's th- purple. Th- th- is it Thanos? Oh, that, that, yeah. that, did you say Thanos? Thanos? Thanos. You say Thanos? I, I say, say Thanos. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <it's laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of Highlander Endgame.
1: <laughs> oh, so I was right. Saying, I was
0: like what happens there. That's
1: purple. <laughs> when Mac pulls out his purple penis. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know. So anyway, Max slams the book down, and this is good. They use this as like a transition into the next scene, so he slams it down, then we cut to, like, they clearly have put, like, the desk in the forest with the book to to pan up, which I thought was great. I like when they do these transitions. These are cool. Uh, So we flash back to England, 1789. Duncan
1: has been riding for so long, he has started to smell like his horse.
0: Right. I like that in Mac's own version of this story, like, I thought we were, for a second, I thought we were going to see, like, a whole Rashomon thing again, where... You know, um, we got the fictitious version, we right. get Mac's version, maybe later we'd get Coventry's right. version. But I was disabused of that when in Mac's own version, he smells like shit. Right. <laughs> when yeah. Max like that's his telling yeah it's so like,
2: mac's like none of this happened like this this is bullshit so what happens he's on a horse he's like disheveled i don't know he looks like garbage yeah. and when this woman ro- runs up who she, she
1: also looks like garbage
2: <laughs> right and they call her a hussy a number of times yeah. Many uh, times. yes and so terence coventry is chasing her and i well i guess this woman asks like mac like oh protect me someone's after me or whatever and he's like okay sure why not i'm a Honorable, chivalrous guy, or whatever. So then Coventry rolls up, and he wants to like I don't know what he wants to do with it's it.
0: It's unclear what he wants to murder. Do, again, I don't because again, nobody speaks. Nobody says words that will <laughs> explain the situation. Classic uh, Highlander scenario. Right.
2: Um, but anyway, Coventry says, like, you know, sh- she stole my purse or whatever. And Max like, well, you know, whatever honor she has left, I'll defend it. And so they fight a little bit. And this is very and he funny. he doesn't even, like,
0: ask, like, hey, do you have this guy's purse? <laughs> right, yeah.
2: right. But I like the way this is choreographed. Like, they're fighting and he knocks the sword out of Coventry's hand as he, like, points. Yeah. So, like, the pointing is him getting like the sword knocked out of his hand, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, there's your proof or whatever. And she's fucking stealing Mac's horse. And she's just gone. Yeah.
0: So, that's Mission funny. accomplished. At which point, then all of a sudden, instantly Mac and Coventry are now friends. Right. They, this like, is fun. They share Hi-ya. a horse back. And he's like, oh, I say McLeod. Just right. Smell a little bit, <laughs> All right? No, I like is your, that the horse? Purple penis. <laughs> <laughs> I like your purple
2: <laughs> penis, but yeah. So Mac needs a ride, obviously, since he doesn't have a horse. But he also agrees to give Coventry a beer when they get to the next town.
1: So Carolyn walks into the JoJo present day, and like weird fake Seinfeld music plays. Like, this is sa- crazy, crazy,
0: music. like saxophone <laughs> and like also, some people. Ooh, ah! Like, yeah. This is nuts. (laughs) Is it a requirement to work out at this gym that you have long hair? Yeah. She, like, approaches three people to see if they're Duncan McLeod and they all have long hair. Are you
1: Duncan McLeod? You wouldn't be Scottish, would you?
0: Is this the first time there's actually people in
2: the dojo this season? In a long time. Yeah, Yeah, right? I'm like, like, oh, oh, I guess
0: it's open, right? Oh, they were willing to pay for extras on this one.
2: Have have people been paying their dues? Like, Richie seemed to bounce, like. There's there's no order here at all.
1: Well, no one's doing the books anymore. Right,
2: that's for sure. What happened to that boat? <laughs> that <laughs> there's boat an that, audit on it.
1: Did it erupt in flames? No. Is it, like, <laughs> it exists now? But Amanda and Mac are in the office, and they see her.
2: Also, Amanda's playing with Caroline, a slinky, which I loved. I loved. I'm like, I love this. But it was a callback to... Uh, Manhunt.
0: Um, I mean, the idea that
2: Mac has a Slinky in his office. Right. That, that's been consistent, okay. consistent through these uh, episodes. It's important
0: that we have it the same universe episode, episode. We now know it's Mac Slinky,
2: I guess. Or did, uh, what's his name, leave it there. Ooh, we'll never know.
0: It's only here that we ask the hard-hitting questions. That is really funny, though. So That's Caroline's shopping for tenderloin, according Ugh. to Amanda. That is... Gross. One of the <laughs> grossest sentences I've ever heard. Shopping for tenderloin? What is it? Does that mean a soft dick? Ugh. Yeah. Is that Ugh. what that means? What is the tenderloin?
1: Tenderloin. These guys
0: are all, like, working out. So, like, I assume their muscles are hard, not soft <laughs> and tender. A tender viddle. Yeah. <laughs> tender vittles, please.
1: So finally, Duncan and Amanda go out, and she's like, Just tell me you're Duncan McLeod. He's like, all right, I am.
2: And she's like, oh, we should discuss some stuff. Like, it would be best to over a drink. Come with me. And she starts, like, dragging Mac away. And then Amanda's like, well, I should come, too. And, like, there's, like, a cartoonish kind of tug of war with Mac in the middle. He's like, oh, we can both go. What's that smell? It's
1: probably lust.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: What does that mean? Like, I don't understand any
0: of this. <laughs> <laughs> Is she a good actress? No. Okay. Oh, I think she's fine in this. Uh, I I think I'm on Team amen on this. Yeah, one. I think she's good in this
2: episode.
1: I think she's like very wooden.
2: Yes. Huh. Interesting.
1: I think she delivers her lines like she's delivering a lot. It's like not a very natural performance.
2: Huh. I don't I, think. Yeah, I agree. All right. How about but that?
1: she has a fun like personality.
2: All right, so we got to Joe's, and Mac is like, hey, your book is really imaginative. Like, where do you get all your ideas? Oh, everybody asked me that or whatever. She's like, the simple answer is Duncan McLeod's real. And he's like, blah, blah, what? And she's like, no, real in the sense that, like, every woman wants this guy, and he embodies, like, every woman's fantasy or whatever. This is also, like, very self-reflective of the show to be
0: like... A lot of older women love this, love this guy. Right. Everybody wants a condescending, muscle bound, long <laughs> haired man to tell them <laughs> to tell them what to do. Yep.
1: Max, like, oh, so you don't think this guy actually exists? Right. And then Carol's like, "Are you nuts? He'd have to be immortal." Which this line doesn't make sense later, but yeah,
0: because we come to find out that she knows that Duncan Mcleod. Well, I
2: think she's playing is an yeah. immortal. Yeah. Uh, also, I like that she calls the dojo his Dobro. Your
0: Dobro. <laughs> Your Dobro. <laughs>
2: Uh, the Pillsbury
1: Dobroy. <laughs> Duncan and Amanda, like, laugh kind of nervously. like.
2: <laughs> but she wants to do a series of books all in different time periods, but she, like, wants a face to the book to, like, help promote it. And for some reason, she needs it to be a real Duncan McLeod. Not, yeah. like, the- just any model, because that's... What models, models do? do. Like, I don't right. understand. Why does
0: she seek him out? I, don't I mean, know. I guess just to make Terrence Coventry. Jealous, yeah, I guess maybe like, that's part the of the deal, right? But it's like he could be literally anyone, right? And then she,
2: this is an insane thing. Like he doesn't want to do it, so she's like, "I'm going to look into your past." if you don't. It's like, that's blackmail. not a measure, that's like yeah. not a measured response to a random person saying, nah, that's not really for me. Oh, cool, I'll blackmail you now. Like, what? That's insane. But again, knowing, I guess, everything, I guess that's the reason, because her main scheme is mostly a Terrence payback revenge It's still thing. insane. It is still it's not still cool. It's a bonkers thing to do. <laughs> so Mac agrees. He's like, I'll go to this party with you, like, just once or whatever, so. So now we cut to this party, and Mac is being swarmed by women, and Mac's got quite the outfit on. He's He's got a, like a white
0: shirt and a white sweater draped like over his shoulders. the worst human being alive. Yes. Yacht rack. It, I saw that. I was like, oh, you need to die in a yacht crash. Like He definitely looks ready for a yachting outing. He's like, oh, man, do I really hate this. And she's like, sure you do. As Mac like ogles young like women. Like two women right who walk go by. by. Yeah. <laughs> um, who are all the young women at these things? These are not books for young women. Right. No. They are not.
1: This is weird. <laughs>
0: Uh, so then we get a very funny conversation, like, so
2: Sandra Bernhardt's there, and Amanda's like, hey, like, did you ever come across any, like, archetypal women in your research of Duncan MacLeod? Because I guess Sandra, or Caroline, Carolyn mentions it, like, oh, I've I've always seen mentions of this Duncan MacLeod through history, that's where kind of these stories came from. Sandra Bernhardt is like, oh, yeah, there was this one woman he met in Turkey, and Amanda gets all, like, excited, and she was like, yeah, but
0: she, she was just a thief and a cheap whore. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> So Ouch. now Amanda's like, fuck you too," Yeah. As she should be. Yes. Also, did Terrence know this story and pass it along? Or is there actually some written what? record of this? Good That's question. That's a good point.
1: Did, was Terrence like, yeah, there was this real whore, Amanda. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that Mac was whoring around with. Yeah. Got, but now
1: this is when Terrence busts up in the house.
0: So he
2: crashes this party and it's like a bum, bum, bum moment now that he's there. Uh, But so Mac's trying to talk him down. He's like, oh, if anyone should kill her, it's me because my name's on the book. It's like, once again, Mac, you're a selfish asshole. Like, you're the goddamn hero and you look like a stud on the book and he's like a gross pig. Like, what do you mean? Oh, it should be me, humble brag. With his hairy mole. Yep. And he's like, do you see a mole? I, I like this gag a lot, like, that he's, like, super obsessed. Like, yeah. everybody's like, do you see them all? Like, no. And she also retorts. She's mad at uh Sandra Bernhardt, too, because she's like, oh, and she
0: called me a cheap whore. I was never cheap, which I thought was pretty funny. And they bond over their desire to just, like, kill this lady. <laughs> right. It's kind of devious. It is. <laughs> Uh so anyway
2: inside Mac like goes to talk to Sander Bernhardt and she wants to stay and like schmooze around and stuff. He's like, "Well, we should go." And then she's like, "Oh, that would be like premature evacuation." I was like, Gro But then he sees like Amanda and Coventry coming and they look pissed. He's like, "Oh, let's go back to my place." And she's all about it cuz she want to fuck. Duncan McCloud is every woman's sexual fantasy. That's right. But he tells the security guys that are there that Coventry tried to steal his wallet, so they stop him. Yeah, which also, she sees him, right? She knows him. (sighs) I guess, maybe? Or does she pretend not to notice? I don't know. I chalked it up to she didn't notice him.
0: Also, Coventry doesn't mention that he had a relationship with her when he sees them. yeah, but People are just so good at burying leads. <laughs> like, they're constantly doing it. That
1: would, like, like explain the episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, exca- you need excavating equipment to find the leads. They're buried so deeply. So
2: then we cut back to Mac's loft. Caroline is talking about how Mac is every woman's like sexual fantasy. He's a warrior with the heart of a poet. He's a tragic figure. He's got ethics and principles. All this great stuff, right? Uh, and then we get a voiceover narration kind of explaining, like, this tragic figure of Duncan MacLeod. And so then we get, like, this kind of flashback of the Deborah Campbell plot. And there's, there's a lot of padding. A lot of padding. But it's apparently because... This is, like, four minutes. It's really, really yeah. long. Like, I didn't mind it. I kind of was like, oh, I did. this... Well, no, I, I, I said, uh, like, at first I didn't mind it. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I like that she's kind of recounting in a maybe more florid way some sort of romance in the mm-hmm. past. Like, this is how she interprets this story. But it devolves very quickly into, oh, we're just going to play an old clip Uh, because the episode ran short on time and so they were stuck instead of mentioning this offhandedly getting into it deep
0: right Uh,
2: although i do like when they cut back after she tells the story like mac is like visibly choked up hearing it again i thought that was a nice touch
0: yeah
1: carolyn is basically trying to now like
0: get mac into bed or whatever as fast as possible i love this also mac did just be like hey I need you to come with me right now. Come to my house this minute, right? Right. But like she's like making moves on him, and like she keeps pushing him down into the, like into
2: the chair, sure. and he keeps getting up. I thought this was oh, a really man fun. like that.
0: I would be a slave
2: <laughs> to that man. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so then they're kind of making out. This is funny. Max's hands are in the air, like he doesn't want any He's of this flailing around. And like Amanda this. walks in, and she's like, "Yippee ki yay! The rodeo's, rodeo's in, in town." It's and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she what looks like she's ready to kill Sander Bernhardt. Uh, and then he makes Mac pay $30 for her cab ride all the way there. Cause she, that's
1: an expensive cab ride
2: on her. Yeah. yeah. That's like going to the airport.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. So Mac, leaves amanda with carolyn that seems like a bad move
2: Mm -mm. yeah so downstairs in the dojo
0: terrence comes wandering in drunk Mm -hmm. it was not obvious to me initially that he was drunk and i was like what is going on here with this guy he's
1: demanding to know where carolyn is right and accuses duncan of fooling around with them and then terrence quotes the book as duncan's lip crushed her (laughs) to him his hands went to his britches and duncan says kilt then Terrence punches him in the face.
0: <laughs> don't conf- right. don't fucking correct me. Yeah, and he like flips around 360 right. <laughs> degrees when he punches him. Mac is pretty chill about that. All things considered,
1: yeah, he lets him punch him right in the face and doesn't like do anything.
0: Are these guys actual friends? I don't know. I think I, I think I they're think kind of friends. I yeah. think we're supposed to think at the end of the episode that they are kind of friends. Yeah, yeah, but or
1: friendly, friendly. Yeah,
0: but at this moment, it's like, why does anyone like this guy? He's a drunk asshole. Yeah. I like that, like, this comedy
2: of, like, errors with, like, Matt comes in, he gets the buzz, oh no, and then he, like, gets Coventry out, but then, like, Sandra Bernhardt comes down, and he's trying to show her out, but then he gets the buzz again, because Coventry comes back, and he's like, oh, you gotta go out the side door, and she's like, but I'm an author, I thought that was funny, and he (laughs) shoves
0: her out, this was all good what what does that mean, but I'm an author, she's like, "Um, I don't use side doors yeah She's a big shot. She's just getting shoved in the alley. Side doors All right. are for fucking peasants.
1: <laughs> and then at one point, Mag is pretending to do push-ups. push-ups? That was yeah. his cover?
0: That was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. I, I was loved like, it. What is this cover for pushing her out the side door? Oh, you punched me in the face, so I had to like be ready for next time.
2: <laughs> uh, so we cut back up to the loft. Anyone notice that there's like white roses around? Oh, so the guy sleeps on him. That's right. He's a little it was adorable.
0: Nap on his shoulder. He's like, "Oh, okay, Mac."
2: But this is the second instance. We talked about this last episode where they used, like, in the last episode they used a little bit of dialogue, which was the word "okay, okay" to like bridge a scene together. Mm-hmm. In this one, Sander Bernhardt mentions like a dozen white roses, and then we cut to Max Loft, and what do we see? A dozen white roses. So it's a oh, nice just little thing to bridge scenes together. I thought. Um, so now um, uh, Amanda is reading the book in voiceover. And we are about to get one of the greatest scenes ever. This is that scene I mentioned, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago. I was like, we are about to get a sex scene that is bananas to show on like USA afternoon television.
0: And is the hallelujah chorus playing during it? It is. That is so weird. Yeah, this
1: is really over the top, like a lot of Adrian Paul, like almost butt.
0: Almost butt. There's yeah. like a lot I of Vaseline
2: that. on the lens. Like I it's got a blurry that
0: almost butt.
2: And then yeah.
0: he comes <laughs> <laughs> like and screams And he goes, <laughs> <"Rrrr!">
2: <laughs> This is the best ever. <laughs> this is nuts. Also, I gotta say, when I was younger, uh, I remember this episode. I remember this scene very well. Uh, <laughs> like, I remember. Like, I'm gonna
0: come like <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember when he goes, ah, in the show, he literally just is like, bah, and it cuts. When I was younger, I remember that being. Very long, like I thought this was prolonged. Like, ah, like it, I don't know. When I, when I watched it, it was shocking to me how short it was. I was like, I remember him coming more.
0: <laughs> That's really funny.
2: It's really so gross. Really
0: left an impression on young Keith. Yes, it did. You never forget the first time you see a, a grown immortal come on TV. <laughs> We're <laughs> being so gross. I'm sorry, everyone.
1: Grown immortal come, and then Amanda is like, oh, now in real life, Duncan's snoring.
2: Snoring like. Like, she wakes up because she's been reading the story, and she's like, oh, time to get down to business, and Mac's just snoring. So then we cut to the bookstore, and Mac shows up, and the guy Tim is his name. He's, like, the publisher dude. Ortho? The uh, unfortunate gay stereotype. Yeah. Ortho, Tim, whatever this guy is. Like, this guy is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Doesn't hold up. Nope.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but he's into Mac. Oh, yeah. Caroline has flown a tartan in from Hollywood that are like the Clan McLeod colors for Mac to wear during
0: the book signing or whatever. A chirp version of book signing is apparently kissing books. Oh, yes. Like, she does Ugh. do that later.
2: I was like, I don't care for this. Uh, but now we find out that Coventry and her used to date.
1: They were an item.
2: They were an item.
1: And she made him made Coventry the villain to get back at him.
2: So he's done with this all this bullshit. He's like, I don't have time for this. And he goes to walk away. And the publisher's like, who's going to wear the kilt?
1: Mel Gibson, uh, pop
2: culture reference.
1: Braveheart, Academy Award-winning director and actor, Mel Gibson.
2: These are the only things he's known for.
0: Um, <laughs> the only things. Hey team, if you haven't heard yet, Highlander Rewatched has its own Patreon page. That's right, if you go to patreon.com slash rewatched or just search for Highlander Rewatched on Patreon, you can find us and support us, you know, to help us keep bringing you hard-hitting Highlander content. I'm talking the podcast, the art, the live shows, keeping it rolling, keeping it fun and free. And we'd like to shout it out to some of the people who have already started contributing to the show. I'm talking about Matthew M., and Michael B and Roy M, you are the heroes we deserve. Thank you so much for your contributions. We really appreciate it. You help keep this show moving and it warms the deepest cockles of our hearts.
2: That's right. And if you want to be a donor today, we've got different levels at the $1, $3, $5, $10, and $15 levels. The rewards for these levels range from shout-outs on the podcast. We can read special messages on the podcast. We can get you some customized art signed by resident Highlander Rewatch artist, Amen. Yes. And if you donate $15 for six months, what do you get, Kyle?
0: You know what? You even get to have a little chat with us on the air. That's, That's right. right. You get to be part of the show that you love. So head on over to Patreon today, support us, and uh you know we'll keep having fun together. Patreon.com slash rewatched and become a supporter today.
2: So we cut to Joe's. I wonder what Mac is eating. I was like, "Is that a paper plate with just celery and rice?" Sandwich. <laughs> I thought
1: it's I a sandwich because <laughs> when he gets up later, celery and
2: rice versus yeah. no ranch. A ranch. you sa- gonna eat celery with rice? That's, that's not rice? a meal. Let <laughs> me chop
1: it up. No, it's like a piece of lettuce left over from a sandwich. He
0: doesn't like the lettuce? Because
1: he gets up, but it just looks like a white bread sandwich. It's not good. No,
0: it <laughs> doesn't look bad. good. He has <laughs> a little white m- bread mayonnaise, maybe a little cracked pepper. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm finished with
2: all this stuff. And then it cuts away. I was like, what is this scene? This is the strangest little cutaway. But yeah, I don't know what that I don't mean, know. I guess about. they did it for pacing. Then we cut back to the bookstore, and this is when Sandra Bernhardt is... Like, doing a POV We get a POV from a book. <laughs> With lips coming at it. Yeah, book eye, book so eye view. weird. Yeah, eye it's view. very weird. Potato eye view. So <laughs> she eye. she's signing books. Uh, and she's not paying attention. And who's next in line? Terrence Terrence
1: Coventry.
2: And he's like, oh, who should this be, you know, signed to? He's like, how about, like, Terrence the Beastly Boar? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, then he's like... Do free, you see a mole? Do you see a mole <laughs> to <laughs> the whole crowd? Are you not entertained? <laughs>
1: Do some oh, molly 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 molly. So anyway, Terence, screw you,
2: screw you, uh, and he gets upset with this whole thing. He's like, "Fine!" and he throws the book down, picks her up, and kidnaps her. Yeah, this is. And nuts. then the crowd applauds like it's a show. And no one was paying nobody attention nobody does anything no this is weird this is this crazy is so weird this is again one of these things where we're like it's a comedy i guess it's just
0: for comedy well, I guess it's sake. okay where are you when we need you Arthur. and
2: like the it's gay publisher the is like fanning himself like oh it's so romantic oh what about that was romantic it just looked like a kidnapping. yeah and also he's like the publisher doesn't he know if there was like a stunt planned no yes
1: Mac pays for a sandwich with his credit card.
2: <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, too. He did use a credit card.
1: No tip. <laughs> well, maybe he did a tip. Order the order.
2: It's fine. But Amanda's, like, giving Mac some shit. She's like, wait a minute. Like, if you thought Coventry was so dangerous, like, why did you leave her alone? Like, didn't seem yeah. like... Like, she's kind of guilting him into being like, maybe you should go back. Mac, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I love that she's like, you know, the real Duncan MacLeod would have like stuck by her and her protected that woman. He's like, I am the real Duncan
0: MacLeod. <laughs> that is probably the best joke in it.
2: So he leaves. So we get back to the bookstore, and Max shows up, and uh, the editor's like, Oh, some handsome, hand, hand, some handsome brute took her out of here on his shoulders. It was incredibly romantic. And then he starts no, crying. Not. He starts crying. He's so like overwhelmed with the like this grand gesture. But it looked violent.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it looked like a gesture. But then no. Max. Like, and like, did you get, her name? Did you get her name?
2: It's like, who do you fucking think it was? Yeah.
1: It was just uh, another shit. person. Right. Just some, some other some guy. Some other
2: obs- crazy obsessed person that would want to maybe do her harm. So he gets a clue, a raging clue from the book because it says Terence Scree. And he's like, ah, it is Terence, The person that, of course obviously. it was. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The person, the that, person
1: that has a grudge for Carolyn Marsh. But they seem fine. They're just walking through the park arguing about the book.
2: Yeah, we go to a park and, uh, you know,
0: Caroline's like, I can legally do this. Kyle, I have a question for you. Can she legally do this? I mean, he's she's not actually appropriating anybody's actual life. Well, but but, but that's not that you could actually you could never tell about your actual life. So that could be a problem. Like telling somebody's story in an unauthorized way is most likely actionable Mm. here, given that, at least in the context, every court would just think you're telling a fantasy. All you've used is their name. And that's going to be a somewhat weak sauce thing. So
2: he offers to cook her dinner. He's like,
0: come over. He's like, I won't have my servants.
2: (laughs) He calls them servants. I want to have my servants cook dinner. I will cook it myself. And she's like, you're not going to tell me a bunch of stories about all, like, the women who fucked. And he's like, I promise I won't. Which, is that what he did? (laughs) I don't get the impression he talked about, like, it in those terms. But I think I... She brought it up. But I think he talked about other women he's perhaps been with. Or, like, you know, like, dated and had relationships with. I don't think he was just, I, I don't know,
0: who knows. I mean, that's something you can do even if you're not immortal.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. I never got the impression that he was doing it maliciously. Like, oh, like he was just bragging all the time. Uh, at least the way it's set up later in the episode. Like, well, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to yeah. it. We'll get to it. So we cut to a, a dress shop, and Amanda is buying a, I don't know, a dress that I don't really like. <laughs> I don't really care for it either,
0: but low, Sandra Bernhardt is also there buying the, the exact s- same dress.
1: Same dress. That's
0: right. And they have a little tete-a-tete. That's right. Caroline calls off. her fat, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, what the f- <laughs> this is so. This whole exchange is so catty.
2: Yes. I, it turns into, like, mean girls here. So at some point, Amanda, like, lobs the, like, insult that, like, you'll never be good enough or, like, you know. You'll never look
0: as good as me. Right. After she calls her, like, a garden variety slug. slug. Which was like, what the
1: this so then carolyn starts crying and amanda feels bad
2: right she like locks herself in another room and so now they kind of become friends it's like oh I'll comfort you i didn't mean to hurt your feelings and she like wipes the tears from Caroline's eye with her dress and the store clerk is like Oh, uh, excuse me that dress costs five thousand dollars that so, is not worth five thousand no way that no. dress blues. <laughs>
1: And both of them are charged to Max credit card?
2: I think just, oh, because she walks out of with it with too, doesn't she? So yep. she, that's $10,000 they charge to the Max credit card. Good gravy. That's a lot of money.
0: That is a lot of money.
1: But they have some girl talk.
0: That's right, girl talk.
1: And it turns out
0: Carolyn does know they're immortal. Yeah, she's been playing with them the whole time. Mm-hmm.
2: And she's like, I'm actually really Caroline, Caroline, Caroline Marshack from
0: Newark. Like, you know, the illustrious Garden State. That's right. I like that she thinks the name Marsh is like this regal, highfalutin (laughs) sounding name. It's literally a fucking swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline Swamp. Yeah. I just changed my name to Swamp Thing so that these people would accept me. It makes
1: no sense. Swamp Thing carolyn swamp thing
0: but she's got a real complex about being good enough and she preemptively left terrence when he she found out what an awesome life he led right it's like i could never live up to like helen of troy princesses and and
1: queens right and she wanted to make him angry with this book
0: which worked which i don't know why she wants to make him angry yeah exactly like he never did anything to her yeah
1: all right except for being like Maybe pompous or something? Maybe,
0: but that's... I I don't know. I don't get that impression later. And also, that's not why she left. She didn't leave him for being pompous. She left because she felt inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's weird. I
2: don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. And also, then, this is insane, because then Amanda's like, well, if he doesn't think he could kill Caroline, then maybe he's going to kill Mac, and it's
0: like, what? Like why would huh? why would he do that? Like Also, they seem to be getting on okay now. So why would he kill Mac? Well, I guess they don't know that.
1: Yeah. Amanda and Mac are still under the impression that Terence
0: is going to kill her? Right. Which yeah. is this is all just up. done
2: so they can come together. It's really? like, "Oh, well maybe he'll kill Mac. We better hurry home." Like, yeah. yeah. That's that's what this Good is Good thing doing.
0: cell phones haven't
2: been invented yet. <laughs> right.
1: So Duncan gets into Terence's house and Terence is cooking dinner.
2: I wonder what he's cooking. Like is he's got it turkey? like a pasta sauce. It looks yeah. like going and an
0: entire turkey for two. Yeah. <laughs> that he is burned black <laughs> and then is pouring like six tablespoons of salt. This cracks it. me up. So Mac shows up,
2: yeah, and they're discussing. And he's just dumping a box of salt (laughs) into the sauce. I'm obviously (laughs) loving all of this.
1: Yes. And Mac and him start sword fighting with a spoon and a chicken leg. Yeah. So Mac is like
2: eating this turkey leg. And then they start arguing and fighting. I thought this was, I guess, kind of funny. Yeah, this is fun. It is kind of funny, but it escalates fast. Well, at some point, well, Mac throws the turkey leg down a hallway at him. He's like, oh, you missed or whatever. And then Mac pulls out his sword. And cuts "Shots, spoon. Right. Which is like kind of funny. And then (laughs) Terrence, like, throws the spoon down, grabs his sword, and Mac is like, oh, you're getting serious with this? It's like, you you pulled out a sword. sword. You You pulled out a a three-foot knife, you dumbass. You You started this. You cut something in his hand in half. Right. And, like, literally the first thing you did when you showed up to his house, a guy that is going through shit was like, oh, dude, this sucks.
0: All like, this food stinks. Yeah, yeah. right. yeah. You're the worst. You're a garbage man. It but It's kind is- of a fun fight. I oh, it know. is. And this yeah. is very, again, like, swashbuckly stage theatrics. And I guess they're messing around the whole time. Yeah, but I think yeah. mean, this it's is like- a
2: lighthearted fight. But it's like, what the <laughs> Uh, but then uh, Caroline and Amanda show up, and I love this. Caroline is like, you're fighting over me? And Mac is like, huh, what? And Coventry takes this as an opportunity to be like, I am. I surely am fighting over you. Like, let me prove my love. Uh, so they fight some more. There's a stab through the uh, the chair that I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, that's fun. There's lots of, like, cool jumping around, and, like, they incorporate, like, the furniture well. Weird comment. Like any Nice good incorporation flight. of furniture in this scene, guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah, at one t- point, Mac jumps off a table that Terrence pushes. Yeah good stuff but max like i'm not fighting for you In it turns out it's like yes i am
2: right uh and there's a funny comment like you you knew you were doing this like you knew you were trying to like get in between me and my wife and then mac was like wait wife
0: she's a wife yeah <laughs> and everyone's like what, what? Still, still, yeah. and amanda doesn't know either right yeah. another
2: layer to this my wife <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> so this is just like okay
2: and so this is where we find out, like, they, they, everybody comes clean in this scene. So yeah. Caroline is like, you told me all about these great women that you had known or whatever. And he's like, uh, she was like, I could never compete with them. And he was like, I didn't tell you about them for you to be jealous. He's like, I just wanted you to know me and know my life because it was important. And you're important. And then he's like, also, you can compete with them. You're great. And so it's very lovey-dovey. And then they start fucking making out. And they're ready to just do it in front of Mac and Amanda. They're like on the floor. just blah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's
1: like, let's get the book out of here.
2: Right. Yeah. Yes, please. And then, of course, on the way out, Mac's like, hey, what, what's up with this dress? And she's like, oh, I just bought it. He's like, wait, how? Because, like, you don't have your credit cards. cards and he's hard. like, Amanda. No. Oh, Amanda.
0: So, so then we cut to, like, so a Matt weird. can't be tied down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: this, like, serious scene.
2: Well, this is, like, the weird first ending. Like, I thought th- I was ready to turn the episode off when this scene ends. I was like, oh, this is the is end that, of the episode. Oh yeah. no, it isn't. This is yeah. a scene they added later, also because the episode was running short. So they filmed it at the last minute. And this is, like, a pretty romantic scene, I thought. Oh, Kyle's giving me a look like, nope, it isn't. All right, tell I, us what, ha- tell us what right. happens in the scene.
0: Well, they are having a talk. And I guess Amanda is feeling like Mac, maybe he should be a little more romantic with her. Right. I'm like, what's the deal with us like what is what is us what are we what is us and he's like i do
2: love that's that show on
0: NBC. what is us what is us he's just like (laughs) i love you but it's not like mortal love right and he's basically just like yo i can't be tied down we can't be monogamous i gotta have some pieces on the side Macnonymous. But he can be magnanimous,
1: and then he like ties it to the game. Like we'd have to kill each other eventually. Is
0: that what he's saying, or just that they'd get on each other's nerves and they'd kill each other? I think it could be either, but I thought it could be just that they get on each other's nerves. That's how I interpreted it, but it could also be a game-related thing.
2: I mean, I think I understand kind of what he's saying, like, in the sense of, like, if we make a commitment to each other, like, well, what does that mean? Like, mortals commit to each other for, like, 50 years, usually. He's like, but, like, can we spend – like, we've never spent every day for years, decades, and then centuries with each other. Like, that's a whole different bag. Yeah. Which I might agree with. That's like, yeah, like, that is a different kind of commitment.
0: I mean, they could just do it for a, for a while. For a while, and then, yeah, and then you break know, up. It's like, hey, let's, like, actually hang out for a few months. Right. Which they don't seem to do. Yeah. Nope. I thought this was really sweet,
2: and did Keith get teary-eyed? Maybe. What's going on with me in these episodes, guys? I don't know. You're just feeling emotional. I was like, oh, it's this is really sweet. I thought this was, I was like, this is the perfect ending to this sweet, or this like silly episode i was like oh it has like real heart at the end
0: Ooh, well i do think that's what they were attempting to do but i was sitting there being like oh well monogamy's just like thinking that Max, well, monogamy is just a construct of... <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: but he did say expand at the
0: end. your mind man expand your mind <laughs> he does
1: say then i do love you amanda that that's nice i guess
2: it is i thought this was really sweet
1: and yeah. he sweeps her off her feet eventually yeah
2: uh, so, this is the false ending. Yeah. False Tessa. <laughs> uh, so we cut again to Max's bed. They're both laying there. Amanda is reading from the book out loud, and they get frisky. And that's the whatever ending what to this. Is, it's like, who cares? Who cares? Whatever. It's done. And that's this episode. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I guess Mac is like, oh, we can do it better than the book. (laughs) All right, guys. So that is the episode. This week, instead of playing a game, we're going to actually read an email from one of our listeners who may know him well. This is from Jim S. Frequent contributor to the show. That's right. And Jim actually was on the set during the filming of this episode. Uh, I guess he won like a contest or something, and so he got to come uh, to the set. Um, So I'm going to read some portions of his email. He took apparently three pages of notes when he was on the set hmm. um he said he tried not to be like too much of a fanboy and asked for pictures and all that sort of stuff also this is the age before cell phones so that was like you know a little more involved i guess you could just yeah. like snap a selfie so jim writes i was there the day they shot the sword fight in terence coventry's home oh cool yeah. uh That's the a lo- sword fight is yeah what you're saying. uh the location was by vancouver bay up and near a couple of parks the scene where Terrence and his wife argue in the park was only a couple of blocks from the home. Aside from seeing them shoot the scene a couple of times from different angles, the thing my notes emphasized was how much effort they put into the background. Because the scene was shot in a park, they hired a woman with two, and two small children to be in the background. The two boys were kicking a ball around, and they were so young, they didn't quite get the concept of playing soccer on command. So when the director called cut, they just kept kicking the ball around. Hey, they're kids. But by the last couple takes, the youngest child complained that he was tired and didn't want to play anymore. (laughs) That's funny. Get back to work, kid. The mom had to quietly persuade him to keep playing, even though he was tired and bored. We moved to the house location. They shot the scene where Duncan walked up to the back of the house by the pool first. In that scene, he walked up the stairs and gets, gets his buzz close-up, which stops him for a second. He then proceeds to walk by the pool and off stage. He heads off left of the camera. When they cut to Terrence inside the kitchen, you see Matt come from the right. Notice how the pool is directly behind Terence. They use a little bit of showbiz staging to create the illusion that the estate is bigger. When McCloud appears, he often comes from the right, even though he walked to the left to get in the kitchen door. <laughs> there was also a debate about how Terrence should react to the buzz. It was explained by Adrian and others that no one has a special buzz that identifies them. Oh, that's interesting. We often I mean, debate that. We do debate that, but at least on the set, they thought that was not a thing. It's just yeah. the buzz. Um, so the actor, Alistair Duncan, was told to be tense for a second until he saw McCloud, and it wasn't someone coming to challenge him. During the cooking scene, notice two things. First, that Terence is pouring a box of generic salt into the food. There was so much emphasis <laughs> from the crew on making sure the world salt was easily readable it was a prop box and without the markings of something like morton's there there was fear that it was the audience wouldn't get what was happening What did they think
0: it was what was that it could fucking what, in, bleach yeah. Like,
2: yeah. yeah what is
0: this what, <laughs> like also if it's sugar it's then still it's still funny fucked up, right? yeah. it's
2: still stupid and or funny. flour any other or cocaine it could be any, any white, white powder right is funny is fucked up
1: that's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> that is really dumb. Um, so they weren't. They thought the audience wouldn't get what was happening. I.e., that Terrence was not an experienced cook, and that was he was comically ruining the meal. There was a big question about how long the sh- s- the spoon should be. That's funny. Uh, Braun McAsh said, "In a situation like this, longer is better." <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. It gave Adrian a bigger target and more room to hit without coming close to Alistair's hand. When Adrian heard Ephraim McGash say that longer is better, he replied, "That's what I've always heard." This uh, is really good uh, behind the scenes little tidbits here. Yeah. Uh, then when he started shooting the comic sword fight, what is interesting is how they took the rooms apart. Uh, the fight was shot several different times from different angles. So when they're in a room looking out to the foyer where the three lit candles are, everyone is in the room. Then they shoot from the foyer towards the room. The crew moves the gear toward the foyer so we can see the interior of the room. Notice the candles. Every time they stopped filming, someone had to put the candles out to keep continuity. It took several hours to film the scene and if the candles were left burning, they would be at different heights during a fight scene that took place over a couple of minutes. Also notice that when they did this sword cut candle bit, only two of the candles slid out of position, but when we returned to the foyer later, all three candles have been cut. They had a choice, either spend a lot of time and money trying to get all three candles to fall, or just go on. This was a special effect, and rigging the candles to fall took time. Re-rigging them would have really gotten to the schedule. Also notice Terrence's disappearing sweat stain on his shirt. If you notice a couple of times, his shirt looks like it has sweat stains, then they magically disappear. That's because different angles zoomed at different times during the day that were cut together. I wrote that the costume woman noted that they only had three shirts for alistair so changing them all the time was a limited option they also had to be careful when stabbing the prop chair they had to shoot it from several angles but also had to be careful not to leave giant holes in the chair after they stabbed it every time if the hole was noticeable they couldn't shoot another stabbing and they only had one prop chair it cost three hundred dollars and they had to watch their budget Wow. Yeah.
0: That's an expensive prop chair. It is. It is. Uh, notice when Alistair... That's just a chair at that point. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. It's just a
2: chair. Um, notice when Alistair pulls his sword out of the chair, his sword hits the wall, and he looks in back of him. This take was like the third time they did that, and he wasn't supposed to hit the wall. Uh, it was actually the actor reacting to what happened. And once they yelled, cut, there was much concern that he might have left a permanent mark on the wall. Huh, that'd be bad. Uh, remember, they were shooting in a real house and were very careful to avoid doing damage. We all walked around in, a spe- in special surgical booties as the lot not leave any shoe marks on the floor. A couple of the women in the crew went barefoot. I will admit to ruining one take. Oh, Jim <laughs> oh, S. Jim, what
0: the? I did it big. Did, go big did your go home. Adrian Paul, you gotta be a professional. <laughs> you pull a, uh, Christian Bale on
1: <laughs> we are so done professionally.
2: <laughs> when Duncan learns that Terrence is too perfect and that is hurting the relationship, he says, I give up. I heard that and gave a short ha, and then tried to disappear into the furniture. The crew was kind and said that at one time or another, everyone will do something like that, and I shouldn't be worried. That's nice. I even got to act as a stand-in. Hey, before shooting, they uh, have to adjust the lighting. Um, if you look at the sword fight room, you will see a big uh, big glass doors and windows that let the sunlight in from the bay. The scene was shot over a period of several hours, so they had to adjust how much light they let in during the day. And they also used those light reflector things. So even though the scene was blocked and may have even been shot from one angle, they will still send the lighting crew to readjust for lighting continuity. The crew was nice and said, why not make Jim a stand-in? They were impressed when I knew what a mark was. Hey. <laughs> there, there you uh, go. There was very small bits because of stands- like glow tape, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there were very small bits of color tape on the floor. Uh, yeah, we know what a mark is. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, the marks the actors had to hit each actor had his or her own color tape. So they would go over a fight, and the lighting guy would say, At this point in the fight, the girls are here, and another man would move to the mark and they would adjust the lighting. Yeah, Eamon, why don't you uh read a little bit?
1: Sure. Lunch was interesting. The house by the bay and next to the house was an open area, it was some sort of park or beach area. The crew set up a volleyball net, and they played volleyball during lunch. I was asked if I wanted to join, but declined on account of the fact that I really am bad at volleyball.
0: Yeah, they... you, so this is all just a big story about how Jim was out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He
1: was out on the V-Ball. They broke for lunch for like 45 minutes, but Adrian Paul is really competitive. He played without his shirt and wanted to win. So lunch was extended about 20 more minutes.
2: <laughs> oh, wait a minute. He already put the production behind uh, schedule, schedule so he could wow. play V-Ball?
1: I'm a fencer and enjoyed talking shop with F. Braun McAsh. He said it's always the simple things that result in injuries. He was very careful to work with Adrian to make sure that he didn't trip when he jumped on the coffee table to do the comic table fight. All the magazines were props. The props crew added fake covers over real magazines, and the crew kept reading the prop magazines during the day. The prop guy had to keep chasing them off because he didn't want the spines of the magazine to have creases in them. Remember, some shots of the table were taken hours apart, and the prop guy wanted the magazine to be in continuity during each shot.
0: I just assumed that means that it, was, it was like hardcore porn. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And the crew was like going for it.
1: Hustler, jugs. McGash said that this is one of his favorite sword fights he choreographed because it was so silly. The whole episode was having fun with swashbuckling and romance tropes, so having a sword fight where the hero jumps on a table to fight his foe with a table that's only a foot high off the ground really tickled him. The filming took place on Friday, August 9th, 1996, so once filming was completed, the crew went off to a bar to drink for the weekend. I was offered a chance to come along, but I was jet-lagged and flying home the next day I didn't know Vancouver and didn't want to spend a lot of money to get a cab ride to my hotel on some late Friday evening.
0: (laughs) Hold on. Hang on. What? What? (laughs) What? What? No. You got to drink with these people. You saved twenty bucks. That's fucked up. Instead of having a great memory, like oh. getting smattered with Ken Gord or something. It's all right, Jim. It's okay. So it's thank you business. for telling your oh, tale with no. us, which isn't over yet. Yeah, I don't want to rag on you too hard, but I question this decision.
1: After my laugh gaff, I was trying to stay out of Laf the gaff. way. Laugh gaff. That might be a polite way of saying I was hiding, but one of the crew pointed to me when talking to Elizabeth Grayson. She came over and we talked. Hey! This was August, but she had set time in her schedule aside for November. She said that she was going to finally appear in an episode with Roger Daltrey and was looking forward to it. I can't tell you how special I felt knowing that tidbit. This was in the days when the internet was brand new and there wasn't social media like there is today. So I kept that info to myself because I lacked the means to share it. Apparently, getting Roger Daltrey on the show was always a priority. The cast and crew loved working with him, but the Who tours and getting their schedules to line up took effort. But F. Ron McCash said it was always worth it, and he enjoyed working with Roger. Daltrey may not have had Adrian's sword skills, but he was humble when it came to acting. McAsh said Daltrey wanted to act well and would work hard to make sure that the sword fights came out as well as they could given his skills and the time they had to learn and shoot the fights not all actors were like that mcash mentioned some names but i will keep his confidence i also spoke briefly with the director he said this was his second episode he was filming that year Two weeks prior, he filmed a baseball episode with Carl Robinson as the immortal. Oh, we just talked about that. Uh, He said he enjoyed the experience, but as an Englishman, he didn't know a lot about baseball and needed some help making that part of the show authentic. Also, TV craft tables are amazing. It's like having a magic bowl that never runs out of cookies or Doritos. (laughs) There's fresh fruit and celery and carrots, but the main action was all over the cookies and Doritos. Damn straight. You know what's up oh, Lunch. What
0: kind of Doritos do you think like they were?
1: Ooh, not Cool Ranch. I yeah. hope so. Nacho. Nacho. Lunch offered a meat and vegetarian selection. We
0: even get the, the <laughs> lunch. I'm loving the details. Yeah.
1: All in all, very nice. <laughs> Kyle, do you want to read the last portion of this? I'll
0: bring us home. It's bring it. us home, like Jim not going to yeah. that bar. Perfect. Last note. The scene where Terence tells his valet to find the author of the book and then proceeds to rip up the cover was the last scene filmed during the time in the house. It was actually getting dark and they poured artificial light into the room. <laughs> Notice how the establishing shot and the scene take place during the day. But when it is filmed, you only see Terence from angles where you can't see the outside windows. Huh. All in all, a very interesting day. I got to be on location. I was told that if I picked August eight for my tour, I would have been in the studio. That was the day they filmed the over-the-top love scene. Apparently, there was much laughter and danger of exposing too much skin. So it suggested that by my not being there, the actors were able to be more free in their performances. Okay, it's one thing to shoot a scene like that with a crew you've worked with for years. It's another when there's some fanboy auction winner watching. Jerking
2: off in a car. Yeah.
0: Yeah! At least that wasn't what was suggested. I didn't take it personally. I asked for a copy of the script as a souvenir, but the only ones on location were being used by the crew. Uh, They all had noted about how the scenes should be shot and were needed to complete the rest of the shooting. I was, however, given a copy of The Sides. What are the sides?
2: Uh, Sides are what you do like during an audition. So they're just like little portions of dialogue. So you would go in and read usually like into an office and read with a,
0: it could be a casting agent or a producer usually. Gotcha. that sort of thing. Those are... Oh, he about to explain it. No. <laughs> those are mini-scripts that only have what they're shooting for a particular <laughs> day. Yeah. Keith, way to be smart, though. Barrett. Actors will often carry those uh, in their back pockets and consult them just before shooting. I can send shots of the sides to you electronically well, if you're interested. Ooh. We are. Yeah. Yeah. We Actually, are I don't think we responded to the, the full email. But yes, we would love electronic copies of the sides. E-sides. Anyway. E-sides. E-sides, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share this with you. I don't know if you've already taped the podcast. Hey, we're doing it right now. That's right. Uh Hey-o. about this episode. If not, even if we can't speak, I thought you might like to know what to look for and how Hollywood creates its magic.
2: Ooh. That's pretty cool. That yeah. what a
0: cool experience to like be part of the, the filming process. That's
2: like neat yeah. for like a whole day. Like yes, not like cool. a little stop in, like, you know, I'm sure like a ten hour day on set. That's awesome. That's neat. Very cool. Get those Doritos, those Hollywood Doritos. Hollywood Doritos. Doritos. It's like a rapper. I'm Hollywood Doritos.
0: Hollywood Dorito. I'm cool as ranch and spicier (laughs) as nacho. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you're not sick of us reading, we're about to read a little little more. (laughs) Because we got Watcher Chronicles,
2: baby. We got two. Plural? Yeah. Well, one's very simple. Uh, Caroline Marsh. Who? She gets her own. Uh, eh, there's not much. Some stats. Born the 30th of August, 1961. It's great stats. Great <laughs> stats. Birthplace, Newark, New Jersey, USA. Oh, wow. Field notes. So it's like little bullet points. Wife of immortal Terence Coventry, 1991 to present. Born Carol Ann Marshak. Best-selling author of historical romance novels such as The Randy Bard.
0: <laughs> the Randy Bard.
2: The Randy Bard. Gaijin's Woman. Ugh. And Blade of the McLeods. Met Coventry at Charity Costume Ball, 1990. Thought he was dashing in a waistcoat and asked him to dance. Learned of, married fast. Yeah, right? Learned of immortality on their wedding night. Whoa. February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1991. Once again, so how can no gone. one tell people about this? That's like fucked. Yeah. yeah, but doing it after they get married? You get married? No, days. that's like pre-wedding shit. Hey,
1: also, just by what, the
0: way. <laughs> just by the way, I'm an mortal, like fucking freaking nature. What happened for five? Like, did she leave him five years ago? Oh, what ha- yeah. What's been going on for the last five years? Like, when I could did see. She maybe fail? she
2: did live, leave him shortly after. I would say maybe not right away, but like enough time for him to start telling her stories. Right.
1: Well, she has to ha- hear the stories. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully
0: he didn't tell all of those on her wedding. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this one time, this guy, Duncan McCloud, he smelled like a yeah. horse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, great. And uh, use Coventry's Tales of Immortal Duncan McCloud as basis of Blade of the McClouds, written to. Inf- Fury. yeah okay this that's the plot of the episode. we get it, okay, cool, yeah. so that is her little chronicle, and then we get of course Terence Coventry, known aliens, Terence of Coventry, Lord Coventry, and Sir Terence
1: hmm.
2: I don't know if Sir Terence is really a Alias, an alias you know, yeah it's just yeah. you know that's just your name mr i mean that's yeah whatever like <laughs> alias mr Amon. <laughs> yeah oh. oh where'd he go oh where'd it's you, go? Oh. It's, you. He's it's still you cover. it's mr amen it right. me the whole time born in 1182 in coventry england first death 1223 nobleman not amused by coventry's song mocking him
0: no oh, all right interesting is he the randy bard oh, oh right shit. he is the randy bard that's a good that's pull. it yeah
2: you're right that's it i think so also he can dish it but he can't take it it seems it sounds like it first teacher timon
1: <laughs> and Pumbaa.
2: <laughs> wait a minute hold on do we have a timon uh, there's a timon gag on this podcast who did you used yeah. to call timon kyle who timon or is it timon who brother is this? Timon? is that who this? brother is? oh yeah is that that person it must be it Maybe. must be I don't remember this character or what episode that person's from. I don't really either, Timin. honestly. Hakuna
1: Matata. That's right.
2: Original Wait, cultural... is that the guy, the callous wax, who teaches Mac how to read? Yes. I think that's him. How about that? That's pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, recent uh, called... <laughs> Original cultural affiliation. English. Recent base of operations. Sea Coover. So he's just been around, right around Mac, apparently. Yeah. Uh, occupation. Independent means. All right.
1: Not an occupation. Not an occupation.
2: Okay. Roster status active. And watcher, Lisa Gabler, who I guess is in Seacouver. with Lisa Joe. Gabler. Gabler. All right. Ready for his chronicle. You want to know everything there is to know about Terrence Coventry? Just sit back. He'll be glad to tell you all about it. But I hope you have a year or two. There is not a subject in the world Coventry would rather expound upon in greater detail than Terrence Coventry. You'll hear it all two or three times, and probably never the same way twice. The kings, the quests, the troubadours, the princesses, in much more lurid detail than necessary, I assure you now. Lurid detail. No wonder Caroline left him. It was probably just to get a moment's peace and quiet. This paints an entirely different picture of him. I mean, I don't know if we get any sense of it either way. Although I think we get a hint that, like, when he says at the end, "I just told you about that stuff because it was part of my life," that sounded sincere. That, that did this makes sound it sincere. Sound like it's all bullshit. That though. he's yeah. just like a pompous a asshole, blowhard, and yeah. like just puffs himself up. I don't know.
1: Puffs himself off,
2: <laughs> like Jim was doing in the corner at the, in that scene. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
0: right.
1: Who? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Kyle, you have to claim your prize. Oh, oh
0: right. Give me the prize. Give me, give the, me prize. the prize. Just give me the prize. I like this episode. I would say that this is not an amazing episode, but it's a must-watch episode. I was very entertained by it. It never climbs higher than the first scene, though. The first scene,
2: in it is my strong. mind, is
0: really... Where this shines. And I could have done with more of, like, the silly, swashbuckling, funny McCloud than the Sarah Bernhardt-wants-to-fuck-Mac bit.
2: Yeah, we get it. We all want to fuck Mac.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we get it. She's every woman. He's every woman's sexual fantasy. I understand. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I had a blast with this one.
1: I really like this episode. Yeah, I I agree.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I feel about Mac being, like, uh... I don't know, Amanda. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be exclusive. It's only been 400 years.
1: Yeah. I didn't mind that scene. I I don't like the very long flashback no
2: that's just a bummer that's, it's just yeah. way, weighs, way way it way down. too long yeah especially because it keeps going like she comes back in with the like the vo and it's like okay like we're getting out of this
1: well we get the fight but with his cousin just, too yeah what i'm like that has nothing what to do with, it with any of this yeah like at all so that that was a bit of a bummer yeah i wish they planned better he does for that
0: it includes the you'll not make me a cuckold though yeah <laughs> that was fun to see <laughs> Uh, cooks <laughs> nobody cooks wolverine <laughs> that's, that's
1: right you know the chicken the chicken leg thing was funny that was funny coventry's good
2: that's a new uh weapon in the arsenal we got yeah, type spoon we got coat leg. we got uh chicken wing we got spoon chicken hot leg. dog chicken leg excuse yeah, me <laughs> or is it a turkey leg who knows it's it's turkey, turkey leg turkey, turkey leg yeah. uh, that's a big chicken hot dog is there any other weapons we've chili seen? chili dog <laughs> hot dog and chili i guess it's a chili do- it is a chili dog Uh, Any other weapons that we've come across?
1: Did you say pipe and coat?
2: Of course I said pipe and coat.
1: Did you say van?
2: (laughs) I didn't say van. Van is crucial.
1: Matches are lighter in the episode... End of Innocence where Richie <laughs> lights the motorcycles on fire. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: That's a weapon, though. Yeah, lots of good stuff.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed this episode. Kyle, how many Blades in the McLeods would you give this episode? I'm going to give this three and a half Blades in the McLeods. I don't know. This one's a lot of fun. You're not going to miss anything if you don't see it, but you'll miss a good time. That's for sure. And uh, I like the fun version of Duncan McLeod that we get to see in this, even though it's fake. <laughs> three and a half. Eamon, how many problematic publicists would you give this <laughs> <problematic>? <laughs> What makes him problematic, problematic. Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> that he's a
1: horrible, offensive stereotype? Yeah.
0: No, just he's a bad publicist. I yeah. see, I see.
1: <laughs> he's a poor publicist. Uh, yeah, I, I think 3.5 is the way to go for this. Um, it's a lot of fun.
0: No moral question or anything. No
1: moral question, but it's just one of the more successful comedy episodes of this show. Yeah. It's just executed very well
0: and it has like a fun vision and it's very self referential mm-hmm. like it kind of knows what it's doing and that's funny it's a bit meta mm-hmm. in that way
1: keith how many uh, orgasmic immortal loads would you give
0: oh, this episode boy. <laughs> so it's the loads not the yells or the yells they
2: they coincide yeah they go they're one and the same if it's orgasmic loads all the, All the Um No, I'm gonna give it a four. Four. Some of these episodes are like hitting the sweet spot spot for me. Like, I feel like the show has hit that spot that a lot of shows do. Usually, it happens like fourth, fifth season where it's like, you know, what we've been doing this for a while. Like. This the, like shows, this is like when they're like, let's do a musical episode. Or like yeah. Stargate is like, let's do an episode with puppets. puppets. Like, yeah. They get into a groove where they're like, you know what? We're allowed to break the format. Everyone mm. knows these characters so well. This is like permissible. I think the concept of this is like a home run like yeah the pitching that, p- that it's like 100 percent do this it's not like a perfect episode i actually think Sandra bernhardt's great i think she's pretty funny in general i think terence coventry is a great character like i think the performance is all around like he's very funny amanda's like actually it's kind of funny amanda's not like the funny one in this episode no too much yeah. like coventry's pretty funny, too. Yeah, um, he's great. And you get Mac, like, you know, dealing with all this shit like he's hit, she's hitting on him all the time. Like It's fun to see Mac in this, like, funny position. I don't know. It's like, this is one of those just goofy episodes that makes the audience go, like, oh, isn't it fun to see the... <laughs> the b- actor do blank. Yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah. But it's great. I don't know. And like you said Kyle, it's hard to top that first scene and you're right. Like it's it's, just, it's gold. That's it. I would uh, say just
0: done more of that. Yeah, it would have been nice been to good. see some yeah.
2: extra some other scenes. Um especially like they mentioned the turkey flashback. Like it might it might have been neat to see that flashback again or something like else something
0: that, from the perspective of her in the book. Right. Yeah. That
2: maybe we've seen before and just reinterpreted through the romantic lens would have been neat. Can't beat that fucking scene, right?
1: No, can't beat yes, it. Yeah, <laughs> can't beat you it. You can. <laughs> you can beat off to it. That's, That's right. true. Yeah.
2: Uh, no, it's a four for me. I think this is a great episode. Yeah. 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 Oh, and we should talk a little bit about, uh, we didn't mention David Abramovich's thoughts. Oh. Uh, he was like not sure that this episode was going to work at all. And he had heard some stories about Sander Bernhardt being difficult oh, right. to work with. And... Uh, so he was going to come up to the set to kind of like be her guard her guard her to make sure that like we're going to get through this, uh, that like she won't stop production for whatever reason. So he's in the airport, I guess in LA and, uh, who sits next to him on the plane, sander bernhardt but she had a copy of the Kabbalah, (laughs) so they ended up i guess i don't know she had like a relationship with madonna so that's my guess is where Uh,
1: that came from yeah they bonded over that so
2: they ended up having a whole discussion about the Kabbalah, and things worked great she was he was like i'm surprised like she was a great actress and she got everything done and it was not the nightmare he thought it was going to be
1: apparently she had a reputation for being difficult or something so who knows if that's true or not or whatever Or if it's sexism, who knows? It's common when a woman is difficult, it's like a smear campaign.
2: Right. And I, so. we should mention that Eamon did air quotes when
0: he used the word difficult. Yes. So, right. Yes, yeah. that you did not mean she yeah. is this difficult. This is an
1: audio media,
2: Right.
0: <laughs> Which is why no, I understand I'm constantly saying. gesticulating yeah. during this whole thing.
1: We're, we're all doing it. <laughs> all gesticulating.
0: That's right. Well, there we go. Thanks, everybody, for joining us
2: this episode we got another comedy episode coming your way next week we're gonna be talking about the episode money no object which is gonna be a lot of fun as well if you like what we're doing head on over to itunes or stitcher or spotify or soundcloud and give us a little rating five stars five stars that's right that's the ideal one that's the ideal one and we all want that ideal don't we that helps us get in front of more listeners and we'd really really appreciate it so everyone thanks again for joining us we will see you next week We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle.
1: This is Amen. Bye bye.
2: I got the impression that it was like research story. Research story. I'm not even speaking correctly. That research she had researched. Research story. Research. <laughs> Sorry. Shut up, geek.